Well, as we continue on in the Baptist Faith and Message series, we'll be taking a look at uh, tonight at section 13 on stewardship. And as we do that, I will go ahead and read for us the section before we begin with our, our sermon time. God is the source of all blessings, temporal and spiritual. All that we have and are we owe to him. Christians have a spiritual debtorship to the whole world, a holy trusteeship in the gospel, and a binding stewardship in their possessions. They are therefore under obligation to serve him with their time, talents, and material possessions, and should recognize all these as entrusted to them to use for the glory of God and for helping others. According to the scriptures, Christians should contribute of their means cheerfully, regularly, systematically, proportionately, and liberally for the advancement of the Redeemer's cause on earth. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you uh, for, for the time that we're able to gather together to study your word, Lord, a time where we can sing praises unto you, Lord, and we thank you for for our time, Lord, for we know that it is special, and we pray, Lord, that you would be with us now as we study your word, Lord, specifically with an eye towards our stewardship, and we pray, Lord, that you would convict us through the power of your, your word and your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to see where we may be able to serve you better, where we may be able to be better stewards of our time and possessions, and, and Lord, we just pray that you would guide us as we seek to serve you. Be with us now, Lord. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we've all been there. We've arrived at church and we've gotten our bulletin. We walked in and sat in a pew, starting to settle in. And we're scanning the bulletin, looking at the announcements. And we flip and we look to see what the, the sermon is going to be about. And there it is, the dreaded sermon on stewardship it's once again time for the pastor to talk to us about giving, talk to us about our money. And the truth is, we do talk about our, our, our stewardship and we do talk about money periodically. Um, but as we look at the bulletin and we kind of shake our head and pass the bulletin over and, and point to our spouse, oh, he's talking about money again, look at this. Um, we need to realize that uh, the church is financially supported by the tithes and offerings after all, and it is right for us to talk about Christian stewardship. But tonight, I, I want to do something that, that I think is a little different when I have heard sermons on uh, Christian stewardship. They do primarily focus a lot on finances, but there's a lot more for us to recognize that we're commanded to do uh, as it relates to stewardship in the life of the believer. And I think if we look at the Baptist Faith and Message uh, that, that we've just read, we see that there is, there's a lot more included there than just our, our finances, our tithes, and our offerings. So tonight, with the time that we have together, I want us to talk a little bit about finances, but I want us to take a much broader approach and looking at stewardship and seeing what God is concerned with and seeing how he is concerned with so much more than just our, our finances. So, in order for us to talk about stewardship, it's important for us to understand exactly what we mean when we're talking about that. 
So uh, a dictionary definition for stewardship might be a person who acts as a surrogate, uh, someone who's taking care of another person's uh, property, their financial affairs, their estate. Uh, A steward can also be seen as someone who's responsible for overseeing or protecting something that's considered valuable or worth caring for or preserving. So a steward is someone who's taking care of someone else's property, someone else's money, someone else's uh, estate. You're really, you're not the owner, you're just the overseer and the caretaker. R.C. Sproul says the concept in the New Testament that describes and defines a steward is to say it's what it means to be a servant before Christ. That's how we would define stewardship. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity says, Every faculty you have, your power of thinking or of moving your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not, in a sense, his own already. And if we think about stewardship in that fashion, we begin to see where everything, and I mean everything, is already God's. And we are really just stewards of those things that he has given us. So for the purposes of our discussion, we now want to kind of divide that a little bit so that we can tackle it bit by bit. And and we're going to look at stewardship in a couple different categories. The first category I want you to think about is temporal. And as we think about temporal things, we're thinking about things that are temporary, right? So in that category, we would have our possessions, our time, and our talents. And the second category we would look at is spiritual. And in the spiritual category, I want us to think about being stewards of the gospel. So what is the genesis of stewardship? Where does it begin? Well, genesis is a very fortunate word because genesis is where it begins. God made man steward of his creation in the garden. So as we begin our discussion on the temporal things, we'll begin in Genesis 1, 26 through 28 where God makes man steward in his garden. Verse 26 in Genesis 1 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over it, the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In these verses, we see God creating man, and we see God creating woman, and God putting them with dominion over creation. Now, God didn't say this is, this is yours to, you know, uh, to assume complete ownership. No, they are overseers. They are stewards of creation. It's still God's creation. These are still God's plants, and these are still God's trees and animals. It is still God's creation. They are God's creation as well as man and woman. But he has, he has commanded them or told them that they are to be stewards. They are to take care of. They are to have dominion over. 
that means that they are to subdue. We'll, we'll see that as we, we begin uh, to, to look into Genesis 2, verses 15, that, that he's going to ask them to take care of things, that they're going to be working to take care of those things. Again, they're not the creator. They're not the sustainer. That is God's role. They are mere caretakers of God's creation. Genesis 2 says in 15, verse, uh, 15 through 17 says, and The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for the day that you eat of it you will surely die. And so God has given him the ability to eat of the fruit and to, to live like it's his because God is sharing it with him. And God is giving him stewardship over the garden. We need to recognize as we look at this, we, we begin to have that, that understanding that all things are God's. God, our creator, is the source of all things. Everything is God's. All created things are God's. And as the creator and giver of all of those things, God is the owner. This is, I'm making this and belaboring this point a bit because this is going to be very important once we start talking about our main text for Matthew tonight. We need to understand who owns all things. I think sometimes as people, we have a tendency to talk about my money and my house and my car and my shoes. Yes, they might technically belong to me, but... I'm not the true owner of those things. As a Christian, I recognize that the true owner of 100% of everything that I happen to be a steward of belongs to God. It is not mine. And when you come with that perspective, stewardship then helps you understand that when you are writing a tithe check to the church, that's not yours in the first place. You're not giving a tenth of what is yours. You're returning what God has let you be steward over. And so we, when we do that, it, it's easy for us, I think, to, to get into that mindset of mine, mine, mine. I'm the, I'm the center of this universe. I am the one who created this because I went to work and I used my talents and my skills and my abilities to earn this money. And I am now going to give a portion of what's mine back. A Christian mindset on that would be God has blessed me with the gifts and abilities. And he has blessed me with the job. And he's blessed me with the ability to work that job. And he's blessed me with the money that I get paid from that job. And it is, a, it is an act of worship. Thank you, God, for giving me all of those things. And because of that, I'm giving back to you. Because you have given me so much more. And as we understand God, our creator, being the source of all things, then we want to hear the words of James from James 1.17 where he tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God, our creator, is the provider of all things. Everything that we have has merely been entrusted to us by God. It is ultimately to be used for his glory and to honor him by helping others. So let's look at some examples uh, of these temporal things in, in, in Scripture. And as we, as we look at Matthew uh, 25, uh, we're, we're going to break up uh, 14 through 30 a little bit as we look at the parable of the talents. But again, I wanted us to make sure that we had that, that foundation of God 
as being the creator, provider, and the source of all things. Matthew 14, uh, 25, verse 14 says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more talents. And so also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So as we see, the, the master is going away, and he is entrusting all that is his, his property, to these servants. And I want us to see first that it says that he gave varying amounts to each according to their ability. Each of us has different skills and talents. Each of us has different abilities. Each of us has different uh, gifts that we've been given by God. Some of us have lots of skills and abilities. Some of us, we might be like the one who says, well, I have like one thing I can do, right? Uh, and, and if that's the case, praise be to God because God has given you a gift. He's given you a talent. He's not giving you that talent so that you can do like this servant and bury it. He's given it to you so that you can serve him and so that you can serve others. As individuals, we should be seeking ways to discover what our talents and abilities are. We should be praying to God so that he would open up those opportunities for us, so that he would show us what is it that we can do to use the things that you've given us, God, so that we can honor and glorify you? How can we give back that which you've given to us? How can we use what you've given us to serve others? In the capacity of, of the church, the church should be providing pathways for us all as believers of Christ to use our gifts, not only in the service of this church, but the service of this, this, this neighborhood, the service of Louisville, the service of the world. There's, there's lots of ways that we can be involved. And we have to both seek those and seek to use those. And as a church, we want to seek to help people get connected with using those talents and abilities to serve. We want to see people multiplying their talents, multiplying their gifts, and using those all for the glory of God and in the service of others. See, when we start talking about stewardship and we narrowly focus on money, we miss out on all of these things. We miss out on the broad scope of what God has done for each and every one of us in our lives when we narrowly focus it down to just uh, how much money we're giving in a, in a tithe check or how much we're giving as an offering. It's not only about that. It's about 100% the aspects of all of our lives, the totality of our life should be in glory to God because he has provided the totality. He's provided the 100%. So it's about how can we make the best use of what God has given us, the, the talents, the abilities, the finances, the possessions. How can we use all of those things that all belong to God anyway? How can we use those to best glorify him and serve others in his name so that he receives the glory? The parable will continue on as we look in, in verse 19. We'll begin to see that not everyone takes the investment of their talents the same. We already know that the one, the one servant has buried his in the ground, and we'll now see the master's return. 
Now, after a long time, this is in verse 19, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, saying, Master, you delivered me to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered me two talents here, and I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into, your, into the joy of your master. What an amazing, amazing response to the life of these two people that are, that are showed, these two servants of the master who faithfully served. He gave them a little to be responsible for. If you notice, there is no reward that was greater for the, the one who had five talents versus the one who had two. The response was the same. They were faithful over a little. And because they were faithful over a little, he set them over much and he welcomed them into the joy of the master. For the Christian, we long to hear the sound of our Lord and Savior's voice, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. We long to hear the day of a welcoming voice of Jesus Christ. When we are called to be home with him through death or through uh, the ending of all things. How we handle what God has given us in this life is important. It is vitally important to the life of the believer on how we are stewarding what God has given us. And as we read on in verse 24, we will read about the servant who was not faithful. Verse 24 says, He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. And but his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I scattered no seed. Then you sought, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But to the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant out into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We all have been given something to be stewards over. Even if you're here tonight and you're saying, I can't name a single thing that I can do. I, I don't have any talents. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have been given something to be a steward over. You have. And that is being a steward of the gospel. Being a steward of the gospel is not just something that pastors or, or deacons or, or teachers are, are responsible for, for sharing. That is not something that was 
that was just given to, to those who are in vocational ministry. Matthew 28 in the Great Commission was not just given for those who go to seminary. For all who follow Jesus Christ and call him Lord and Savior have been entrusted with the gospel. We all who have heard the call to repent and follow Jesus Christ have been given the call to go ye therefore and to teach others, to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. We all have been called and given some gift, whether that gift is the gospel or whether it's the gift of service, whether it's the gift of encouragement. There's lots of gifts that we can look at that, that God has given us that we, are be, we have been called to be stewards of. And we must be faithful. We must be faithful to our Lord because he is the giver of that gift. He is the owner of that gift. And he wants us to use it, and he wants us to be diligent and faithful in using it. Peter says, in First Peter, he says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And as we use our gifts to serve one another, we're doing so to honor God. We're not doing so to receive honor ourselves. We're doing so that we may encourage others, that we may serve others, but ultimately all of that to give glory back to God. That is the interest that he talks about when he talks about investing your talents. The investment of the talents is, is, is more about what are we giving back to God than it is what do we get to keep at the end of a, a long work career. And as we give and with an eye towards giving so that God will receive the glory. I want us to look quickly at our call to, call to worship scripture from Matthew 6, 1 through 4, and I want to spend just a little bit of time on our finances and giving of our offerings. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Brothers and sisters, when we give, it is not to the glory of ourselves. It is not to the glory of uh, what other people might say about us, about how much we give. It actually should be embarrassing to us if, we find, if other people find out how much we give. It, it should be an embarrassment to us. Not because we might give so little, but because someone else would know what we're giving. Our giving should be done in secret. Our giving should be done as an act of worship. Our giving should be done sacrificially. And ultimately, our giving should be done for the glory of God. Because it's not out of my own um, wealth that I have created that I'm giving. If you go back to what we started with, I'm giving what God has already given me. And if God has given me much, it is incumbent upon me to show my appreciation, my gratitude, my love for God 
and giving back much. Structuring my life in such a way that I can give much. That I can take advantage of opportunities to help brothers and sisters in need. So that God would receive the glory. Not Matt McBroom. Because I'm a worthless sinner. And I have nothing that has not been given to me. And I want to see God glorified. So for all of us, there will come a day. We will have our time where we will stand before the Lord. And we will give an account for our lives. We will answer to the master regarding how we have stewarded the things that he has entrusted to us. Our time, our possessions, our money, the gospel that he has given us. We will answer for how we have handled, how we have stewarded all that he has given to us. He will not judge us by the quantity of our work. Rather, he will judge us by our faithfulness. In the parable of the talents, we see that the number of talents, the amount that was returned, had no bearing on the reward. As we've discussed, they were, they were praised for their faithfulness and they were welcomed to be with the master. The reward was given because of the faithfulness in their stewardship. So we are to serve God with the time that we're given. We're to serve God with the talents we're given. We're to serve him with the material possessions that we're given. And we're to serve him by sharing the gospel that he has entrusted us with as followers of his son, Jesus Christ. To make him known to the nations and ultimately to bring glory to his name. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for, for everything. Lord, because we know that you have provided us everything that we have. Lord, as we think about stewardship, Lord, we, we know that we fall short. We know that we don't honor you the way that we need to, Lord. And we pray for forgiveness for that. We pray that you would help us, Lord, to seek to serve you with our gifts and our talents, our money and the things that you've provided. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to share the gospel. Lord, it's, it's, it's the best news anyone could ever hear. Why would we want to bury that and not share it? We pray, Lord, that you would, would convict us, that you would spur us on towards Christ-likeness. We pray that you would be with us, Lord. We thank you and we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.